Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters. We're delighted to share with you the second part of our Mental Health Forum series on exploring social justice. If you missed the first one, tune into last week's episode where Dr. Dina Shurian introduced the topic of social justice and Bayan Meshkin, a criminal lawyer, outlined the challenges of the criminal justice system specifically in terms of dealing with mental illness. Today's episode gives us insight into a personal experience, a heartfelt story of overcoming childhood trauma and an imperfect system to establishing an incredible organization to help others rehabilitate and reintegrate back into society. I will leave the introduction of our very special guest to Dr. Dina Ashurian, MC of the Forum. This episode is suitable for adults only, and if you find any of the content disturbing, please link him with your mental health support network or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Mr. Peter Lyndon James. Peter is the award-winning founder and CEO of the West Australian Shalom Group, which runs Shalom House, a fully accredited, holistic, faith-based residential treatment service provider. He is also the acclaimed author of several best-selling books. Since 2012, Peter has dedicated his life to helping individuals overcome their life-controlling issues, predominantly addictions drawing on his faith, vast knowledge, and own personal lived experience. From humble beginnings with just eight men, Shalom House is now a $5 million not-for-profit with fully-fledged five-stage men's, ladies, and family programs. They house 165 men, women, and children across three massive residential properties and have 100 staff working at a dedicated administrative center. Most recently awarded the national title at the 2022 Telstra Best of Business Awards in the Building Communities category, Peter has demonstrated how Discipleship, re-socialization, and reintegration are the keys for helping restore the lives of men, women, and families in our community, and making Shalom House world leaders in holistic rehabilitation. Please welcome Peter. So my name is uh, Peter Linda James. I'm the founder and the CEO of Shalom House. Uh, located in the Swan Valley. Shalom House has been going for now around probably 13 years. As was mentioned, I have around 160 residents, men, women and children, who average to stay at Shalom from 12 months to three years. We're probably the largest 100% self-funded organisation in Australia. And we don't focus just on rehabilitation, but also reintegration, resocialisation. Myself, personally, I spent 26 years in and out of prisons and institutions from the age of seven, and children's homes from the age of seven, a boys' prison at the age of nine, not for committing crimes, but just for running away from home because I had a dysfunctional family. I just wanted a normal family. I got sexually abused. I got put in a prison for running away from children's homes, not for committing crimes. I met a lot of kids within the prison system who had stories like mine, and they became my family. I spent seven years in Longmore and two years in Riverbank, and they're prisons for kids between the ages of six years old up to 18. And I was institutionalised, spending nine years in juvenile prisons, 
When I wasn't locked up, I'd live on the streets in Perth as a street kid. I graduated to the prison system in 1991. I'm also spent time in all the prisons in Western Australia. And when you put a person in prison, you've got to learn to project an image that people perceive to fit in with where you are. And kindness in prison is seen as a weakness. So unless you conform to the environment that you're in, you won't last in prison or you'll get severely hurt. And having spent most of my life in prisons and institutions, as I said, in prison, you've got to project an image that people perceive to fit in with where you are. And when you get out of prison, you're still in prison. Everybody that you feel comfortable around is doing what you don't want to do. You don't want to stick a pick in your arm or smoke a pipe or pop a pill. You don't want to do the crimes. You just want to be a normal person, a productive member of society. But the problem is they project an image that you perceive that they're better than you. So you go back to where you feel comfortable. But where you feel comfortable, they're all sticking picks in their arms, smoking pipes and popping pills. I have a saying that you can take the prisoner out of prison, but then you've got to get the prison out of the prisoner. A lot of us, we don't want to be who we are, but it's not as easy as just saying stop. And when I started Shalom in 2012, I started it by accident. My life, 26 years in prisons and institutions, up until the age of 30. Um, at the age of 30, I was selling two and a half kilos of methamphetamines a day, lots of guns, explosives, other stuff. I ended up getting raided by their TRG, helicopter over the roof, shotguns, bulletproof vests, got done for a pound of pot, some handguns and some other stuff. I got out of prison my whole life. I just hated who I was. All my life, I just wanted to be a geek, like all of you mob. <laughs> you are geeks. You project an image that I perceive that you're normal. I've never been on a family holiday. I went to 16 different schools. I only made grade six. I can't read running writing. As a child growing up, I would have given anything to be able to get up in the morning, to run up the corridor and jump in bed with the mum and dad for a cuddle or to go on family holidays, or to have one group of friends to grow up with, but I didn't have any of that. My whole childhood was stolen from me. I just wanted to be a normal person, but just didn't know how. After getting raided in 2001, I chucked a prayer up, and I said, God, if you're real, I need your help. And then God, he does stuff in my life where I become a Christian, and he told me to give up everything I own and follow him. And so I changed my lawyer from a dodgy lawyer, and there are dodgy lawyers, but I won't name them here. <laughs> to a legit lawyer, I pleaded guilty. I went back to prison. And when I got out of prison in 2002, I started Bible college. I'd done three years of advanced diploma in theology at Riverview Bible College to 2005. Also started a business. In 2005, I started Acacia Prison as a volunteer. I spent five years at Acacia Prison as a volunteer three days a week and going in there helping people to change their life. Um, just like me, who was part of the prison system, institutionalised, coming in and out of prison, in and out of prison, having seen it from the other side with keys to be able to walk around and see the same fellas that I grew up with coming in and out of prison, in and out of prison. And then I finished in prison in 2010 and I became a full-time volunteer. I was a full-time volunteer for over 10 plus years. I'd followed around the, the streets and, and people used to come to me asking me for help and I'd drive around all these different rehabs um, I spent two and a half years, that two and a half years from 2010 to 2012 volunteering at all the rehabs in Perth, seeing how all they worked and what they did and try to see how they tried to help people. Um, in 2012, I bought a house next to Banyak Woman's Prison. I mortgaged my home and I thought I'd put people in there and disciple people. And the word shalom, people say it's Jewish, it is Jewish. Well, the word shalom for me, if you Google it, 
Um, shalom is love in its purest form. It's truth in its purest form. It's honesty, integrity. It's the fullness of family. It's the fullness of everything that I ever aspired to be and ever wanted to be. I just didn't know how. So originally I called it Shalom Discipleship House. Begin with the end in mind. We come in broken and we go out whole. 160 men, women and children of all different backgrounds, 95% plus who are struggling with mental health. We take people from drug addiction, whether it be heroin, um, speed, cannabis, alcohol addiction, um, anxiety, depression, PTSD, guilt, shame, unforgiveness, judgment, and um, people from all different backgrounds struggling with all different mental health issues, um, homeless people, prostitutes. We don't have one program at Shalom, we have 160 programs. Having been part of the government system or having been part of the mental health system my whole life, being made a ward of the state, sat in front of hundreds of psychiatrists and doctors and counsellors, each one of these people would make decisions that would affect my life. And a lot of them were probably a lot younger than what I was, and yet they would make a decision, put a ruling down, and that's the direction my life would take. Some of the medical professionals I spent time with over the 26 years in prisons and institutions were exceptionally good. They'd hand me over to somebody else, and that person who they handed me over to undone what it is they did. And there was no facilitated approach towards rehabilitation. Just every department, and regardless of who they were, were just doing their best within the box that they were allowed to operate in. But none of them were communicating. And so I got caught up in what I call the matrix. And that's why the system is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I won't talk about prisons, even though I'm extremely passionate about prisons and the prison growth and can explain in detail having been part of the system my whole life. And Shalom, we don't take people from prison, even though I'd like to take people from prison. Um, the reason we don't take people from prison because everybody just wants to get out of prison. They don't want to change their life. You can class addiction in five categories, an A, a B, a C, a D, and an E. And in Shalom, we only take the E's. An E2 is one that goes from an illegal drug to a legal drug. They're looking for the kick in the chemical to cover up their childhood trauma. 95% of the people in Shalom, the root cause of why they are like they are is childhood trauma. It's the separation of mum and dad. Dad getting another girl, mum getting another man, and the child doesn't feel like mum and dad. The stepdad is the real dad and wants to go to dad and gets over there and the stepmom doesn't want him. And, and then they find their identity around a group of kids who are sticking picks around, smoking pipes, and they find the chemical or the drug or the substance can get, covers up the anger, the bitterness, the resentment. And out of the heart flow of the issues of life. Out of the heart flow the consequences of life. So a man or a woman or a child, so they think in their heart, so are they. If a person believes a lie, that lie becomes their truth. I believe my mum didn't love me. When that man molested me at the age of nine, I woke up, he was giving me oral sex. I was scared, fear. I heard a voice to tell your mum and I heard another voice, no, she doesn't love you, she has alcohol more than you. So I didn't tell her. I hated my mum. I was full of anger. I hated my dad because he put my mum in that position. I was full of anger, unforgiveness, bitterness. My sexuality was woken up at an age that I had no say in, which outworked in my life. So we find, or I find, that the drugs and the substances that are prescribed nowadays cover up the root cause of why it is we are like we are. We take the blanket off and we take the axe to the root. And if you can take the axe to the root, the whole tree will fall. We don't have one program. We have 160 programs because we have 160 people who come from all different backgrounds. Um, we have pilots who fly 747s. 
and we have uh, lawyers who, who are on six to twelve hundred dollars an hour. We have company people who have three to six hundred staff. We have the homeless person. We have the pimp. We have the prostitute. We have the people from all these different backgrounds. We are safe. We've been going for thirteen and a half years. We are one hundred percent self-funded. We are one hundred percent fully accredited, and we don't ask anybody for anything. I'm just a place to do what we do, and what we're doing is working. It's a facilitated approach to not just rehabilitation, but reintegration and resocialization. You can take the prisoner out of prison, but then you've got to get the prison out of the prisoner. So I have a psychiatrist, I have a psychologist, I have 16 counselors, I have all the medical professionals, work, home life, everybody on the same page, and we communicate on a, on a weekly basis on behalf of each individual. And it's a facilitated approach. It's not the matrix, it's communicated. And we all agree how best to help each single person. Um, because the program have 160 programs, there's five stages to the program. The average stay of each resident, again, is between 12 months to three years. You can't fix a person within three months of 10, 15 years. You can't. You may be able to teach them coping mechanisms. You may be able to focus on the apples on the tree. But unless you go to the root of matter, it's not going to fall. And when you've lived in a background like I have in prisons and institutions and drugs and substances, when you take away that person's addiction, you've got to teach them how to communicate, how to respond. Um, everybody who comes through our program, we not only fix all the heart issues, we do reconciliation with all the family members. We get every single resident 100% debt free, regardless of whether it's 100 grand a debt, 300 grand a debt, or 1,000 bucks in debt, everybody leaves debt free. Everybody leaves with a car, a driver's license, working full time, with an employer on the same page as the rehab. We don't cost you or anybody anything. Um, each person pays for their own rehab. They are where they are because of their choices. Um, all of us in life, we all face circumstances that we do and we don't create, but we are the ones that make the choice that determines the direction of our life. Um, so my job is to facilitate um, those with accreditations and skills and knowledge, facilitate rehabilitation, reintegration, resocialization on, on behalf of each one of our residents. Paying for your own rehab, for example, is taking responsibility for your actions. Centrelink was set up by a government for people in short-term needs of crisis, not for people to live off and abuse. And we have everybody off of Centrelink within four months. We only use what Centrelink was set up for. And the whole of Shalom is like that. We regularly get audited by Ernest and Young. We have a board, an extremely good governance. We have a centre in Kalgoorlie, one in Perth, and looking soon to open one in South Australia. Um, thank you very much for your time. Your institution, your facility, you know, is so successful. Has the government approached you and find a way to expand and have more? So I feel like I'm in a science fiction movie because I've learned more in the last 13 years than I have in my life. I know that there's no model of rehabilitation like Shalom's anywhere in Australia, if not globally. Since the term or since the government have I got into power, I get the same cut and paste response that their calendar's full. So I just don't understand why it is that they actually won't meet with us with the previous government. And um, we were meeting regularly with the Liberal government and all people. Um, but at that time, we were caught up in a state administrative tribunal, pretty much like we are now, in, in the location. So where we are in the Swan Valley, we have about 13 different properties. Um, we've been fighting to stay within the Swan Valley. It started there by accident. We went through five years of court, three times to the SAT, then to the Supreme Court, back to the SAT. And by the time we got through, 
They'd introduced the Swan Valley Planning Scheme and they put another third of legislation on top of that. They didn't go out for public comment, which made all of our DAs fall over. And so then when we are moving out towards what 100 acre property and 60 acre property where we hate to put women on, but the people next door had a lot of influence and a lot of money and they put a lot of pressure on us. So then we end up finding the Craigie property because the government said, or the local and state government and department of planning said that we needed to find a property that was zoned P for permissible use under the zone community purpose for local planning scheme. So we sold all of our properties, bought the Craigie property for 3 million and then done all the paperwork to get it up to speed. But then the government, the local government wouldn't um, issue the occupancy permit. And then the government stepped in and basically overrid the uh, local government and also the Department of Planning Infrastructure. So we're back where we were 12 years ago, still trying to find a home. Um, So we don't get supported by anyone um, at all. Uh, No government departments, we don't apply for grants. Um, even though we are a registered not-for-profit charity with DJR status, charitable collections, license and all that sort of stuff, I just try to make do with what I've, I've got. But I have been trying um, extremely hard to get an audience with somebody who can make the decision to actually move somewhere. Um, but everyone else says anywhere except next door to me. I mean, 12 and a half years, we've never had a police vehicle out. We've never had an ambulance. We've never had fights. We've never had punch-ups. We have, don't have drug dealers coming. People are actually scared of the word rehabilitation and it's extremely sad. How do you fund this? Obviously it's not cheap to do everything that you do. That's, that's a, a long question to answer in, in a short space. So Shalom, uh, as I mentioned, is not just about rehabilitation, it's a reintegration, re-socialisation. If anyone would like to come out for a tour to Shalom, you can either get me on LinkedIn or Facebook, but we regularly give people tours. Most of my operations is run by people who are either in the program or have come through the program. And so I have key staff paid roles in all the departments, the main departments, um, but we get everyone 100 points of ID. We get them their MyGov number. We streamline all their taxation, superannuation, child support, Medicare, et cetera, all into the MyGov. We data search and bring all the superannuation up to date, taxation up to date, all the medical stuff. We have full bloods and urines, so we get all their teeth fixed, all their hearts and their organs right. Um, all the offices is used as a training base. I'll start in resident care department. So those who have never had computer skills before can get an opportunity to learn a computer. Then we move them over to ID services, then we move them to MyGov. We're also a registered Centrelink agency, so we do that internally. We also have our own medical department with a registered nurse, a finances department, program manager, office manager. And then we have another flip side to that where we have a fleet of work trucks. So we have about 70 vehicles. So we have fencing trucks, paving trucks, limestone, synthetic turf, gardening, mechanical, welding, boiler making. And so all of the Shalom is about discipleship and we move our residents around to all the various departments to try and find out what makes them tick. And generally around the three-month stage of the program, and we partner with a lot of businesses and we get people two days a week paid work with an employer on the same page as the rehab and 100% of the income goes to the resident to get them out of debt. But each one of our truck leaders are on a paid position. We do work out in the community. So we run a business, but at the same time, our primary focus is people. We're not interested in making money. We don't make a profit at Shalom. We also have a, a women's cafe, boutique clothing, furniture, all run by the women in the program to teach them all new skills, to help them to find out what direction in their life they want to go. But it's not only that, it helps them to get interacting with the public, which gets that reintegration, re-socialisation skills going. Um, and so each department, whether it be the works department, which we keep a base level of 40 grand in, the WASG, which is the West Australian Shalom Group, which is our main account, then we have the Shalom Works, uh, one which is 20 grand in it, although we have the mechanical, which is 20 grand. 
because I didn't go to school, I wrote the program myself, but and what I do is if we keep it, say, the, the West Australian Shop Group, which covers the wages and superannuation and all that sort of stuff um, of the main building, um, two weeks the rents come in, 300 bucks per resident, and then it takes it up to about 68, say 90,000, 68, 70,000, and then two weeks later it goes down to 40,000. And then it goes up to 60,000, so every two weeks, I just make sure I stay above that line. And if it goes below the line, then I panic because I'm not making, not making good financial decisions. So I've got to twist my decisions and just keep it on the 40 grand. And I do the same with the works. We also are a registered labour hire company. And that sits at 20 grand and just stays at 20 grand um, every two, three weeks, 20 grand, two, three weeks, 20 grand. Wages come in, wages go out. And so I've just set it up like a wild wheel and basically it runs itself. And we do have a DGR account, which is a tax deductible account where you can get tax deductions, but I can't make decisions based upon unreliable income. Um, and so what we use that for is if we do get in a pickle, we can top up the accounts, or if we get in a pickle, we can use it for capital purchases to put on another truck. Or recently, we just had to buy a family's bus because now um, we have uh, nearly 32 children in the program. So it's uh, I show all that on the tour when someone comes out. It's a lot to try and grasp in a forum such as this. But thank you for your question. Thank you. That's incredible. So you have a Facebook page that people can look up more information and perhaps if you're interested in doing a tour. Thank you. It's incredible. Really incredible what you're doing. Thank you. Look out for our next and final presentation of the series on exploring social justice in the coming weeks where Dr. Wipka Timmerman will give us a more global perspective and speak on human rights and mental health. Look forward to your company then.